1: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to your latest Walls Fancast match preview. I'm your host, Little Dan. With me on tonight's episode, I've got with me one of the current participants of uh, Channel is Married at First Sight. So if you're not watching it, get yourself on it. I've been watching it for years, even the Australian version. I love that sort of. I hope Jordan doesn't take offence, but that sort of trash reality TV, it's, it, it, it is. I, I like seeing proper, like people like trying to. Um, m- manoeuvre their way through life and when you're throwing a a romantic edge to it it, it's it it is car crash telly at times but you do get the good um you know whole wholesome uh, relationship that comes at the end of the series so how are you jordan
2: yeah i'm good and hey listen i don't take offense to that before um i went on the show it was sky sports football sky sports premier league sky sports main event on my tv um never watched any of this uh nonsense i should say uh but i found myself in it so uh yeah we'll go with it
1: that's it. It's it's like I said. It's um it, it's car crash telling it to a degree, but yeah. I, I enjoy it. And it won't be everyone's cup of tea. Um, like I said, it's, it's usually Sky Sports News, or uh, it used to be flipping like MTV base back in the day for me. What yeah. what, what what what's your uh, current sort of TV um preference, Reaper? Oh, done. Sorry, Miles. Sorry, sorry I'm I'm I've just. What's your TV I'm, preference you know for prefer? friend?
3: I'm not much of a um day to day TV watcher. More what series? Um, I'm watching Gen V at the moment, Um, watching Loki, I'm a bit of a fantasy nerd, you know what I'm saying, a bit of a Marvel nerd, so Loki, um, Gen V, what else has just come out, Invincible's just started, a bit of anime and stuff like that, but when it comes to like your, I call it I call it ITVB, TV, trash TV as you've said, you get me, um, sometimes I like it when it's kicking off and stuff like that, you know, if you see a fight, like if my missus is watching it, I'll be like, oh who's that, what's going on there, you know what I'm saying, so I'll have a look, but apart from that, yeah man, I'm more into my Marvel and stuff like that man.
1: Yeah. As I said, it isn't for everyone but I know it is for for most people tuning in tonight and it's uh, talking about Wolves and obviously this weekend we're going to be coming up against um, Jordan's uh, football uh, team, uh, Sheffield United. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the weekend's fixtures pretty much are there on the left. Fulham start the weekend at home to Man United at 12.30. The 3pm fixtures, Brentford versus West Ham, Burnley versus Palace, Everton versus Brighton, Man City probably this weekend's banker at home to Bournemouth, Sheffield United versus is the three o'clock and Newcastle versus Arsenal is the 5 30 uh fixture on television on Saturday? Looking at the rest of those fixtures, there Forest Villa, Luton at home to Liverpool, Reaper, and uh Spurs versus Chelsea, without sort of looking at Man City at home to Bournemouth, where would your money be for this
3: weekend's uh easy win? They're all sort of like they're all sort of like. It's, you know, you, you know if you're putting an Acker on, you stay away from most of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of them ones, man. Um, Spurs-Chelsea is difficult. Mm, Villa-Forest. Villa-Forest. I'd say Villa. Villa. Um, and then you've got um, Brighton-Everton. Yeah, Brighton. Brighton. Yeah, Brighton have been one of the better
1: teams. But they've, they've been a little bit off-key recently. Um, yeah, yeah. Jordan, yeah. looking at those fixtures there, where's your money this weekend for a, a banker? Oh, I'd have to You were saying for, to me, Wolves, weren't you? Off, off, off air before we came on, but um, who is your actual banker for the weekend?
2: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I'm not gonna uh, stick it on my own club and say Wolves, even though I do fear for us at the moment. I would say the banker, other than the two we've mentioned, is probably losing Liverpool. Obviously, you'd expect uh, Jurgen Klopp's men to turn up to Kenilworth Road and and get the three points there, but um, I maybe that's wishful thinking as well because. You know, we just need the the four teams or the three teams around us—Bournemouth, Luton, and Burnley—to keep losing as well. Because as bad as start we've had, we are, believe it or not, only five points off safety. So maybe that's a bit of wishful wishful thinking as well. So
1: you could be a lot closer to safety if Everton get that point deduction that everyone wants them to get. Um, mm. Just trying to see if we've got the league table here. Uh, to hand, it on. I don't think. Oh, oh yeah, we got. Oh, don't league, do that to table. me. Don't do that to me. Yeah, sorry, it's not it's not good reading <laughs> for yourself, Jordan. At The moment, Sheffield United, yeah. literally. Uh, Paul Hecking, bottom of the league, literally, aren't you? At the moment, played 10, yes. one one point. I did look at your injury list. Um, obviously doing the research for this show tonight, and you have got a lot of players missing, key players. Obviously, lost quite a few key players in the summer as well. Sanderberg, um, yeah. even even Tommy Dore, who was key in your promotion last season. How how big has um Tommy Dore been a miss for you this season?
2: Yeah, I mean, Tommy Doe was like a key like, and fundamental part to our promotion team. Like, he was uh, one of the first names on the team sheet. But you mentioned Sanderberg there. Like, I think our club, and I don't know why, we must be the only club to go up into the Premier League. And uh, the owners struggled to sell, and the owners don't really want to be there. And it's just a mess. You know, selling Sanderberg, who's one of our key players, to Burnley on the opening week of the season, for me, just doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's going on um, there, but Paul Heckingbottom. He's almost he, honestly, I I love Paul Heckingbottom. He's got my like full support, which I'm sure he's happy to know. But like he's he's working with like you know his hands tied behind his back. Like it's almost like Mission Impossible for him. Um, but yeah, Tommy Doyle with a lot of players, including Sanderberg, was was key, um, which is why we was picking up so many wins. And our style of play, we lost that. We lost our identity. What got us all those wins and that promotion. So now it's just almost like trying to find that new identity. But as a promote, as a promoted side into the Premier League, you need to, you need to have an identity because that's what got you promoted. That's what you got, got, got the wins, and it's just that's why we struggled so much. We've had to like almost reinvent ourselves.
1: Yeah, Burnley and Sheffield United pretty much, I would say, coasted to promotion last year, but there wasn't really mm. much of a trouble in the end. And like you said, losing Sanderberg to Burnley, one of your sort of rivals, got coming up from. The championship last season is is a massive blow. Um, There's players like John Egan and Chris Basham who were massive blows for you as well at the back.
2: Yeah, same with... We sold Iliman and Jai as well to Marseille who was like literally ripping the championship apart. And, you know, we sold those two in in the opening week of the season. And they were our two best players last year along with like Tommy Doyle and stuff. And so, yeah, like our squad's been ripped apart. And this injury list to everyone else, to like fans of like Wolves, it looks ridiculous but we've had an injury list this long, probably for like two years, three years consecutively. Um, we've had problems with our training pitches and, and I don't know if like, I studied strength condition as a degree. So I know how important it is to get everything right. Otherwise, people look at an injury list and go, well, that's unlucky. But if your injury list is always looking that long, then there's something fundamentally wrong at the football club. And I don't know if it's their their training program or their pitches, because we've had our tra- training pitches relayed. There's something not right. Um I don't know if you saw the freak injury of Basham when we was away at Fulham. Horrific, um, horrific. Yeah, there's there's injuries like that, and they look unlucky. They look like it always oh, a bit unlucky. But for me, the amount of injuries we are getting, like muscle injuries, and it's you know it's just there's something not right, and yeah, it's frustrating. Um, but you know,
1: yeah, it's massively frustrating. What is really frustrating, Reaper, is the fact that uh, after that like, Sadi's game against Newcastle, losing Pedro Neto to a uh... Well, it could be a possible severe hamstring injury. I'm saying in a couple of weeks. Luckily, we've got the international break coming up. But uh, how, how impressive have you been with Pedro Neto and how much of a blow is he going to be uh, losing him this weekend?
3: he has been quality, man. Top tier, to, yeah, the numbers he's putting up, you know what I'm saying? The interest from other teams you've seen. Um, I think, obviously, we saw like flashes of it towards the end of last season. Everyone was doubting him, um, start of the season. Um, and always had troubles and stuff like that. But towards the end of last season, like he started to show. And then, obviously, with like the change about, he's sort of stepped up. You know what I'm saying? Los Neves, he's sort of stepped up and said, you know what, I'm the guy now. And he's took that sort of like he's took it on his shoulders, hasn't he? Um, he's been the main guy on the wing, man. I can't see there's not much more threatening in the league right now on the wing, um, apart from obviously your top teams and stuff like that, your darkus and stuff like that. But he, he he's a full-on threat, man. And you can see why obviously there's rumors going about and stuff like that. And you know what I'm saying, it, it, like. You wouldn't wish him to go or anything like that, but he's key. He's key to us at the moment, so he's needed, man. But like you said, international break's coming up, so that's 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 a bit of a relief. Um, and then obviously, like if we bolster up the squad in January and whatnot as well, should be should be all right. But he's key, man. He's, he's, he's top dog at the moment. Top dog.
1: Absolutely heartbreaking groan that roared around Molyneux when we were four uh, four on three against Newcastle on Saturday, and you see Pedro Neto pull up you've talked about your um strength and conditioning background jordan
3: mm.
1: he, he ended up getting stretched off last week apparently he was able to do a bit of walking around the dressing room after the game so it doesn't sound like it's going to be a really long-term injury but what do you reckon sort of pedro Neto? what have you thought of in this season and how yeah. would you reckon on sort of hamstring strains
2: well i was gonna say obviously hamstring injuries in football are so like prevalent and Especially Pedro Neto, everyone knows his pace is like one of his biggest assets. And like, even if it's just a niggle in the hamstring, the hamstrings are so important for that that sprint and that acceleration. So even if it's a niggle, like he he might he might not be out for too long. But how long is it going to stop him performing the way he has this season? You know, because again, he he needs that freedom to know that he can just accelerate and sprint without that fear of pulling it or making it worse again. So, um, but yeah, Pedro Neto's um, he, he's he is amazing. And uh, at a club like Wolves, it's almost a shame that when someone's performing this well, there is those rumours that come about like the likes of either Liverpool or someone comes sniffing around and, and you know, would like to sign a play like that. But yeah, he's, he's been amazing for Wolves.
1: Yeah, that that was the concern you mentioned there, Jordan, about transfer rumours. He's been linked heavily to, to Arsenal the last two or three seasons. They've mm-hmm. been linked again recently. Obviously, his injury record is going to sort of Hamper uh, a massive desire for them to jump in in January. Wolves are going to want good money for him if if that is going to be sort of looked at by opposition clubs because, like he said, the E is massively key to us. It's not just you know I, I heard Matt Murray, former Wolves uh, goalkeeper, the other day mentioned sort of seventy to eighty million pound for Pedro Neto, which is probably sort of the money you'd want, but that could be the difference between Wolves staying up and getting relegated, losing a, a massive player like that.
3: What you got to say about that, Reeve? I can hear you. Uh, talking there? Um, I think like you can't be like personally you can't be mad at the rumours like I think if you're a Wolves fan you're going to be but at the same time like the quality has been showing like for a young lad 23 23 is he? 23 he's, he's still got plenty got of
1: good years ahead of him Plenty it. of good years
3: exactly so he's going to be looking now thinking I can play Champions League football I can get into a Champions League side. I can be the main man on that wing in an Arsenal, in a Liverpool, because it's needed at the moment. Um, so you're going to be looking at that. So personally, I personally, I wouldn't be mad, and I'd love to see him playing Champions League. But on the contrary, it would be like it would be devastating. For, well, I wouldn't say devastating. It would be a big blow, though. Like who would you get to replace him? Um, you have to. You'd have to find a like for life replacement um and yeah yeah it would just be devastating blow it'd be difficult it'd be really difficult but yeah it's what it's, it's a catch 22 in it you know what i'm saying you you want the best for a young lad he's young lad he's 23 go forth and venture go and play champions league football but at the same time you know what i'm saying now, i think he said you seen he said oh yeah i'm gonna stay but these things change you know what i'm saying people wake up and change moods and agents or an offer can change the mood you know what i'm
1: saying yeah obviously he yeah, has got the whole guy mendez um agency that he works, well, he works on behalf of. It's going to be a big situation. But you, you talked about it there, when, when players are playing well, they do get the, the, the transfer rumours and like you can see on the picture there, he has been nominated for the October uh, 2023 Player of the Month against uh, Douglas Luiz, Patrick Mbumo, uh Christian Romero, Declan Rice and obviously it'd be a surprise if Mohamed Salah, Salah wasn't nominated because he is literally uh, probably one of the best wings that the Premier League has um, seen in regards to Mo Sally up there with sort of the likes of Thierry Henry for the amount of numbers that he puts up. One of the other uh, nominations this month was Wangi Chan getting a nomination for October goal of the month after his lovely chopping side and um, slot past Nick Pope on Saturday in the 2 all draw against uh, Newcastle. Other sort of uh, numbers that are coming up, it's not a, a great number that you want to see, Jordan, but where's Fodderingham. Most saves in the Premier League with 50 inside the first 10 mm. games. It's good that he's made 50 saves, but that it shows you are weak defensively.
2: Yeah, and and do you know what was frustrating is that we have we have been in a lot of games this season. Like we was one 0 up away at Spurs in in up until the 97th minute, believe it or not, we were winning uh, against Man United. We were the better side in the first half, and uh, there's been so many games where we've we've been in the game. But then if you actually look at the starts of like expected goals, we're the lowest in the league. Um another start there, fifty saves is the most. So, you know, sometimes when well, you've only got one point and sometimes managers can say, Well, we we should be picking up more. We've been in games but there's been a lot of games where we've we've almost accepted like a one nil or or a two nil. Um and Fodderingham saved us from it being like a five nil like it was against Arsenal and obviously the eight nil against Newcastle. Um he has kept those score score lines respectable uh, on a few games as well. So
1: yeah, that that eight 0 was massively damaging, wasn't it? I think this, I think I read a stat the other day. This is like the worst start to a Premier League campaign since you came up in was it the second season under uh, Chris Wilder? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. That's what's frustrating is that. Um, but that was like a COVID season, and like I know that when when the grounds were half like well empty, um, with the fans not being there. Bramall Lane, like I don't know if you've been to Bramall Lane, but it is a very compact, tight stadium, and the fans really do help. Um, so when we lost all the fans, we could kind of put, like, almost like make that as like a reason. This is probably why we're not doing well. But even that eight nil and Bramall Lane was packed. Um, and I think it was three nil at half time. Uh, to be fair, the fans kept at it up until like five nil, six nil, and then it started to em- empty out. But yeah, it was demoralising. Like. To be fair, the fans never booed once. We never got like made it a hostile place uh, towards a manager or our own players, but I think that's because we know the situation we're in. Um, it was poor business in August and July, and we've not really given ourselves a chance. And it's almost, as sad as it sounds, I'm almost becoming happy with a, a 1-0 loss or a 2-0 loss, because when you, when you experience an 8-0 loss like you did at Newcastle, you don't want to experience that again. That was That was hard to watch.
1: Yeah, it it was really damaging. I think it's it's not the fact that you get beat by a better side, it's just sort of the the lack of energy and fight that was shown in the second half, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it's almost like... It was almost like we've accepted that we're nowhere near this level. And it was like, it's almost... It shows an energy, it's almost like they're demoralised and they stop running about and it's almost like a lack of belief and that they don't feel like they deserve to be on the pitch. Um, It is a shame uh, because... You know, the, the we we was a good team, uh, and I think that it's the confidence is just gone, and I think that we don't believe that we we deserve to be in the Premier League right now, and it's uh I think it it does look like lack of energy, but I just think that the players, I think that the the kind of man hecking bottom is, I don't think the players will ever give up, give up on it. I think he'll always have the dressing room, but I think it's belief, not fight. I think it's belief, and I think that looks like it's lack of energy.
1: Yeah, all it takes is, is, is one win. Obviously, Wolves got uh, knocked out by Ipswich in the League Cup. We drew one all away at Luton and things looked really dire. And then we somehow managed to pull out the performance of the season at home to Man City. And to, to, to be fair, Man City fans might disagree, but I thought Wolves were sort of well and truly deserving of that win on that day. We had yeah. a really good game plan. We executed it well. Uh, the majority of Man City's chances were either like sort of outside the box or were were well blocked. I think sort of Craig Dawson cleared one off the line but I don't think George I saw really had a tough game compared to some of the games that he's had this season, Reaper. You look at that league table, Wolves are currently in 12, um five points behind Newcastle in six. They're still, for me, obviously the objective is to stay up but yeah, definitely top 10 finish
3: should you know be what? feasible. It's not, cards, it's not off the cards, it's not off the cards like and like like you said, in contrast to last season, sort of like a dire start and you know what I'm saying it was it was hard times, it was tough times, you know, what I'm saying the fan base turned and every everything, everything was just everywhere. Um and then obviously considering the start we've had this season, the quick change of it, change of in management, um, not knowing if we're gonna get players and then all of a sudden a big influx of players. It's been promising, and it's still looking promising, and it's looking even more promising. I think initially when Gary O'Neill came in, um, there wasn't a lot of confidence. You know what I'm saying? But I think I tweeted it, man. Let Gary cook, man. You know what I'm saying? And, he, and he's cooking. He's he, he's cooking big time. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's and the proof's in the pudding because he's like you said the Man City match. He come out after the press conference and he showed you his tactics, broke it down, the analysis. So it's not a fluke. He's doing what he meant. He's doing what he said. Give him time. As a young manager, who's hungry. It's an underdog story. Wolves were underdogs. Um, Gary O'Neill's an underdog, so it's a, it's a lovely underdog story and it could be a beautiful underdog story. Um, top 10 finish. Um, Europa League finish, you never know. That's Obviously, that's that's um, a bit of a dream, but you know what I'm saying? You never know. It can happen.
1: Wolves three points behind Man United on on um 15 home. points. And to be fair, they robbed us of three points the first game of the season, didn't they? Yeah. But um, you yeah. look at that sort of top two there at the moment, Spurs and Arsenal... Do you think Spurs can
3: go all the way? Reaper I don't or? know, you know. I don't know. It's crazy, in it? The Spurs situation because Kane's they've gone. They've got
1: momentum. They've got no Champions League. They've got it's... no distractions. They can fully the commit to thing. this league and they seem to be playing that a lot the of cohesion it. at the moment.
3: It's like Kane's gone. Like, that was their guy. But then it's like, was he the key to sort of, was him going the key to sort of unlocking? Team football instead of them being because let's get it right, Premier League's like it's 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 not like the it's not it's not like the Liga where you can have Messi on one team, Ronaldo on one team, they're your main guys, Premier League, you need the whole team. Can't be a one guy team in the Premier League. So with Kane at Tottenham, he was sort of their go-to guy, the main guy, they relied on him, but now he's gone. The whole team's playing, the whole team's involved, and like you said, no Champions League. They could fully put their all into this and go, but have they got the minerals, you know what I'm saying? You, you don't want City Chasing, yeah. Arsenal. Um, City and Arsenal in it, you know what I'm saying you don't want those teams chasing you so it'd be interesting to see how how Spurs got on and if they, and if they maintain it to be fair we'll see
1: Based on the first 10 games Jordan who, who would be sort of your top four come the end of the season from what you've seen so far
2: I mean I think after City uh, did the treble I just thought they would like kick on because that pressure of winning the Champions League has gone and I thought that was like weighing heavy on them in the end um, so I, I think that Sp- Spurs are looking amazing as well but obviously you've got to have City in there um, and like you said, Spurs without any like European football. And again, like almost like they had no expectations this season. They lost Kane. Um, they, they've tried everything. They tried the Mourinho's, the Conte's. And, and it was almost like this season, it was like after losing Kane, they thought it's almost like they're playing with some sort of freedom and they're playing the kind of football that Spurs fans crave. And, uh, and they, they're enjoying it. And that's almost a dangerous uh, side, isn't it? When they're enjoying the football and they're just having fun. Pressure's off. So I think Spurs will get top four um and uh i think arsenal what uh michael done has done arsenal they've got a real identity and and you can see what he's he's building there so i'd say arsenal as well as uh so arsenal spurs city and then i think liverpool um are back now with jürgen klopp they 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 felt they do fall away for the odd season but i do think with uh i can't rule out jürgen klopp and liverpool even to win the league like they look dangerous They, they look like they can outscore teams and uh So I'd have them in my top four as well.
1: It's literally there. You can't look past Liverpool's strike force, can you? Salah, no. Jota, Gakpo, Nunes, Luis Diaz. It's an absolutely ridiculous strike force. Like I said, if you can get three of those in form, they will be properly in the title race. Arsenal, I still, keep, I still sort of don't give Arsenal the credit that they probably deserve because they pushed Man City really hard last season. I think that's going to give them an extra sort of motivation to go again this season. It's just whether they can cope with the Champions League running and... The premier league campaign because i still think they are a little bit weak in depth i think it's shown with uh gabriel jesus being injured obviously eddie Nketiah got a hat-trick last weekend but you're not relying on eddie Nketiah to be your number nine in the total race or your reaper
3: nah not really man it's, it's one of those ones man arsenal it's if, if like you're scared if they get it right because like because they're a bit like they're not hit and miss but the second best the second best and second best, you first loser, aren't right? you? Yeah, that's what they say. But if they ever get a sniff or they just fully something switches and they get a sniff of that or they win it once, it's I think it's over because, like you said, Arteta, what he's built there, it's quality. The team he's got, the unit he's got, the players he's got, um, the system he's got. Like you know, what I'm saying, bringing the dog in the team photos, the little things like that. You know, he, he's just he's just he's just wacky. He's from the school of Pep as well. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if like if if they if they can. If they can sort of get themselves on top and maintain, because like you said, they always slip up around Christmas time or towards the back, um, after the New Year, they always slip up and let City overtake them. But yeah, man, it, it'd be interesting to see. Like, and you sort of, I don't know. They're talking about <clears throat> it's just it's a city, it's just city, it's city, it's city, isn't it? City's like it's kryptonite for everybody. And like when City's around yeah, you, you just it's not that you don't you expect to lose, but it's like you, you can't relax and you can't be like we're comfortable here, we're safe here. That's why it's so difficult to win
1: the Champions League because anyone can literally beat anyone on on any given day. But literally, like you said, over a a 38-game season, it's hard to look past Man City. There's been talks in social media recently that Erling Haaland isn't really hitting form yet. He's still top goal scorer with 11 goals after 10 games. (laughs) They are are clearly missing Kevin De Bruyne. But you look at the players that have caught...
0: This is an advertisement from BetterHelp Therapy Online. We all carry different stresses, big and small. It could be from work, stuff going on at home or just from supporting a football team, you flatter flattered us, Steve, and as the bedsheets have always said, let us down. We often bottle up these stresses and try and keep a little on them, but when you do that, it can start to affect you negatively. That's where therapy comes in. It gives you a place to get these things off your chest, get down to the root cause, and figure out how to work through what's weighing you down. Therapy is there to help develop positive uh, coping skills. It's not just for people who have experienced Major trauma, it's about empowering you to be the best version of yourself. So, if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not look and give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. With over a thousand therapists in the UK already, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners can get 10% off their first month using the code betterhelp.com slash wanderers that's better h-e-l-p.com slash wanderers let's get back to the show
1: i mean i think jeremy docker has really took to the premier league really well this season he was that he was probably man city's main threat against us when we when we won two one uh obviously losing roger for three games i think it's one of the reasons why they're not top of the league so i think they were top of the top of the league before he got sent off against man city um look at some of those players there um Jordan, I good Erling Haaland, eleven goals. Pedro Neto top of the assist with seven. Um, Saliba most clean sheets uh, with Arsenal. Looking at Matthias Cunha, what have you what have you meant to him since he's joined Wolves? Do, do you know much of the guy? You've been impressed. He's very good at um, ball carrying. As you can see, they're the most dribbles completed in the in the Premier League last season. Harry Kane was the best dribbler.
2: Yeah, I mean, I remember. uh, That's a job for
1: people who don't realise because he dribbles, doesn't he? When he talks.
2: (laughs) So, uh, yeah, when uh, I watched the Wolves uh, game at Old Trafford, and um, I remember he was picking the ball up. um, I think it was his last 10, 15, 20 minutes, and he'd pick the ball up really deep in his own half, and and he'd carry it, and he'd carry the team um, out out their own half just by dribbling with the ball. Um, And I hadn't seen much of him. uh, until until that game, obviously, and and I was really impressed. Um, he, he carries the ball so well, and it's that like again, like it just it's an outlet, isn't it? And and for someone to carry the ball that well, um, I think it's such a good asset because he attracts players to the ball, and then it frees up the likes of Pedro Neto and you know to, for that space. And uh, I was really impressed by him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought you were going to mention him there. I think he was just on the tip of your tongue. But one of the players who is really in form for Wolves at the moment is He chan Wang. Uh, yeah. We've been calling it literally Wangamani on our social media because literally he has been running wild for us this season. You look at the top goal scorer chart there. He's already matched our top goal scorer for the last five seasons previous to this. That's a week we've been in the attacking side. He's already on six... Um, 49 points in the last however many games in the fantasy premier league he's still a good differential for people out there if you need a a cheap midfielder he'll be one of the players that you'll be needing to sort of stop on saturday
2: yeah i mean as well like i think since that raul jimenez injury um you've struggled to find that goal scorer um for for a few years now like you said so um, especially for a midfielder like chipping in with the goals like um yeah and i think especially on um on saturday tomorrow i think that we'll probably be defending quite deep and I, and i think that I, I don't know if like they'll like the likes of pedro neto will have that space um sorry he's injured anyway but sorry you know like players like wolves quite a counter attack inside. i don't know if they'll have that space um, because we sit quite deep anyway um so like when when someone's scoring goals like that and they, they've got that confidence um a shot from outside the box, or or that just belief that they're gonna that they're gonna score is really important, and it might be a one niler uh, tomorrow. Um, and I think he you know he could pop up with a goal again.
1: Um, Gary O'Neill had his pretty much press conference today. Obviously Pedro Neto is out for a few weeks. They haven't put an actual de- t- a timeline on how long that will actually be. But obviously look at that after, again after the international break. John vigner Belgard is expected to be in the squad, whereas uh, Ben Dinery did mention that. He- Belgod oh may not be in the squad to be of a uh, confusion over that one. Hugo Bueno and Joe Hodge still out. And uh, Gary O'Neill did mention that there's been no apology received from the PGMOL in regards to the penalty decision that went against us against Newcastle. What was your thoughts on that penalty decision last week, Reaper? Uh,
3: it's horrific, man. Um, looked back at it a few times and I can imagine it is a difficult one to call, but you've got to go and look at it, haven't you, if you feel like it's difficult? Because obviously, like you said, um, Swang was in it, he pulled back, um, didn't commit didn't go through, it was a bit more of a slip, and also it's the def- you got to give a yellow card for the dive, man. It's a straight dive, like he's, he's, he's gone down looking for it. It, it. It's the manner in which you go down for me. If you go down and there's a bit of contact and you don't go down as horrific, then you can see it's a clear penalty. But the manner in which you went down, you'd think he got shot, you know what I'm saying, from the south bank or something like it. It, it was, it, it's no good, man. And yeah, you can see the reason why obviously he has been uproar. Obviously, the following weeks, where I the decisions against Wolves, it's, it's been a bit of a it's been a bit of um. Well, yeah, it's been a bit of just nonsense, really. So, yeah, I think like Gary O'Neill said, man, you've got to be careful, man, because he said earlier, didn't he, man? You can end up in the Championship, innit, if you're refereeing against Wolves, man. So, that's the uh, good relegated now, it, man?
1: That's the uh, sort of what unfolds recently. You referee a Wolves game, you make a big decision wrong, you end up getting demoted. Anthony Tyler was a World Cup referee and he's uh, refereeing Preston this weekend. Um Obviously, this is the reason why we like to uh, bring on opposition fans to our Wolves fan cash show, uh, Jordan. What did you make mm. to the uh, decision against Wolves last week? Did you see it?
2: I didn't see it, no. But, I mean, uh, I've, I've heard about it. I didn't see the highlights. Um, but, for me, the, the VAR, like, don't, don't even get me started on it because the, the problem is, is that with VAR, people think that it's going to clear up, like, human error. But it's humans that are operating VAR. So, it's, it's you know, it's, it's never... Unless, for me, there needs to be an upscale in the actual quality of the referees who have either played the game or understand the game. Because it's like a lack of understanding and that's why they'll never get these decisions right. Um, like, the the penalty decision um, at Old Trafford earlier in the season, I saw that. And and it, it was it was shocking. And, like, for example, the decisions, um, the worst ones this season, like Liverpool at Tottenham, like the offside. I, I don't understand how VAR can get an offside wrong. Like, they'll... And it's just like the the people making these decisions, they, they either can't handle the pressure or they're just getting it all wrong. And the amount of frustrating decisions that you see week in week out, like that's why I've not seen it. Like sometimes I hear about VAR decisions, and at first I was confused, but now you just come to expect it. It's it's not sorting it out at all.
1: I literally hate to put myself in the middle aged category, but when you're asking referees to be subjective with the rules who have got egos and then you're asking them to use technology and computers which they are probably not used to using because they've spent the majority of their lives running around with a whistle in the mouth (laughs) it's got it's got this sort of the ammo for all these mistakes to to go wrong i think var could literally be the best tool that's been invented for football and then just using it completely wrong they're not using it in the right instances and like you said the talks are sort of clear and obvious error so many clear and obvious errors that go wrong. If it if it takes you more than sort of five seconds to watch a replay back, and you're and you can't make a quick decision, then it's obviously not like clear and obvious, is it? Um, it's, yeah, like, it's massively frustrating.
2: Yeah, well that's it. I think I don't think VAR is a problem. I, I actually thought when they brought VAR, VAR in that is good. It's the people running it. And like you said, maybe they should have a time limit or something. I know there's so many like millions of suggestions out there of what they should do, but. Like you said, if it's t- taking a certain amount of time to make a decision, then it's not clear and obvious. Clear and obvious decision, few seconds done. And that's one of the the, the biggest hates about VAR, isn't it? Is that it takes so long.
1: So... Especially when you're inside stadiums, yeah. Especially like you've got no replays on the screen. There's no sort of like in rugby where you can hear like the um, the um umpires, like umpires,
3: referees talking. And about the decision. What, what are you saying there, Ripper? They need to bring that in man because like you like you say it's taking uh, it's taking the fan perspective out of the game like for the viewers at home obviously I think you get the replay straight away but like when you're in the stadium like you need to get the fans involved because they're in the match you know what I'm saying they're the ones who paid the money so it's like you don't know what's going on and it's sort of taking it's taking it's, it's took the tempo out of the game completely but obviously we're going towards non-contact as well you can go down that road but then it's like also like what's gonna happen? Like is it going to become like American football or rugby, it's right? stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. It's, it becomes a game of tactics and stuff like that because, yeah, man, it's like, what are you gonna do, like, what, like what's going on?
1: I've mentioned obviously uh, the team news there from uh, Wars and Gary O'Neill. Jordan, is there anything uh, sort of new that you're aware of in regards to Sheffield United for the weekend? I've mentioned earlier the, the the injury list that you guys have got is lengthy.
2: No, I mean, I think we're limited in in what we can in what we can select. I think our starting eleven is is pretty much what you predicted. Um, and I think it's quite obvious. So, our, our bench is quite weak at the moment due to all the injuries. Um, what I would say, though, is the starting 11, like we normally play with a back five, and that's been the basis of our success. But what he does do, we have got like the likes of Hamer and McAtee, who are really good um, and have and got that quality uh, to carry the ball and to pick out a pass. And, and to be fair, Hamer's been scoring a few long distance goals as well. So, to be fair, like I think it makes us better going forward. But the problem is, we also with a back four because we just hardly ever play with that formation. We are very vulnerable at the back. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, we're looking at Wolves at home and we're looking at that. That's a game where we would like to take points. But again, like I just think that, I think we'll, again, Neto being out helps us, but I, I do think that I'm not, I'm not expecting a, I'm not confident about tomorrow, to put it that way, but um, I think it'll be a close game, but I do expect Wolves to edge it. Um, but we're very limited in what we can do. I think, yeah, I, I do. I'm, I'm worried at the moment for United.
1: We've obviously mentioned numerous times now uh, Reaper, that without uh, Pedro Neto, he's definitely not going to be even in the squad tomorrow. We've yeah. gone for John rigner Bell. Guard
3: starting on the right wing tomorrow. But who, who would yeah. take Pedro's place for you? I think him man. I think um with the system that we've currently been playing, like I think obviously not your reliance on Neto, but he's been your main guy, so balls are gonna go out to him. But I feel like it's probably a chance for guy to come in and us to play like it's it could this could be a confidence boost match, you know what I'm saying? Like like um Jordan said, it could be a close match, but on the contrary, it could be like a Wolves 3-0. You know what I'm saying? A chance for Wolves to go out there, score some goals, install some confidence. Could be a big chance. Um, you're playing against bottom of the league, you know what I'm saying? Like, You're not going to say that in the changing or anything like that, but you're going to say go out there. Um, Belagard coming in, you're going to say to him, like, if I'm the gaffer, I'm going to say to him, you know what I'm saying? You like you're stepping in some big boots here. You know what I'm saying? Neto's out, go out there. Um, he hasn't hit the ground running, but we've seen glimpses of his quality. He's a really quality player. I think he's a top tier player. We've needed that. Um, so you like you would be giving him like so you know what I'm saying? You'd be giving him a smack on the back saying, Go out there, go and show your worth, go and hit the ground running because he, I think he needs a I think he needs a good clean run. Um he hasn't come into his like I said, we've seen glimpses of his quality, but he hasn't come into that full good run of his quality. Um Doyo. I flipping love him. Um, again, he's we've been we've been seeing glimpses of him. He's coming on towards the end and stuff like that. Um, coming on that sub appearance was it the was it the City game? Um, coming on a sub appearance, played quality, showed his quality. I think I think he's a top tier player again. And um, so again, if it's not a close game, um, I think we we'll should go out there and like try and score some goals and score some confidence. And you know what? Why not go for a three nil.
1: Wolves have lost once in the last six against Sheffield United, Jordan, and that was in the um, the pandemic season. Uh, John Egan with a late uh, injury time winner, which really frustrated me at the time. We had to uh, cut a little bit of our episode out because there was too many Fs and <laughs> lots of uh, expletives towards Nuno Santo on that day. Uh, one player I'm interested in is uh, McAtee, um, mm. playing in your sort of front three tomorrow because we were linked to him during yeah. the uh, Matthias Nunes transfer to, to Man City deal what have you made to him so far
2: no he's amazing and and for the first half of last season he really struggled like he hadn't played many like men's first team football um, but under Heckenbottom like he, he gave him that like freedom of like look you've got the ability start carrying the ball start doing things like off the cuff and um, and that's what McAtee can bring um, he can create something out of nothing Um so I think he's always a threat. And like i said, we've lost our stability of a back five, but it does give us that that opportunity to put in the likes of McAtee and Hamer and and Cameron Archer, where, to be fair, all three of those players are dangerous and they have got quality going forwards. Um, but especially McAtee, like again, his ball carrying, his dribbling, um, it, it creates problems for the defence.
1: looking at that sort of back four for you there. It's like you said, it is really on sort of... Uh... On a tightrope, isn't he? I think is that Jack yeah. Robinson playing centre back?
2: Yeah, Jack Robinson. And and, and the, don't get me wrong, he's he's that old fashioned centre half where he goes in for some like hard tackles.
1: He, he, and... he, he used to play for Wolves but... about probably like 10 years ago now. He, yeah, he was, but... it, we got him online from Liverpool and he was like, he was a tidy left back. He wasn't mm. afraid to throw a challenge in, but he was never going to be a Premier League centre back no. in my eyes.
2: No, no. And, and he's always prone to a mistake and you can never as a United fan, you're never confident or comfortable with him on the ball and if he's playing, you're always thinking he's got a mistake in him Um, and trusty, we've not seen much of him because we signed him from Arsenal but again, hadn't really played, the problem is is with our back four, we've got Luke Thomas who's played a lot of Premier League minutes uh, with Leicester Um, but trusty and Robinson, uh, trusty hasn't played any Premier League minutes, Robinson, I don't know if he's at that level, he's he's passionate, he puts in a good tackle but he's always prone to mistake but to be fair and Bogle, he's a threat going forwards. Um, defensive capabilities probably lacking. He's definitely one of those modern-day fullbacks where they're very good at attacking, but surprisingly, as a defender, they do struggle a bit. Um, so yeah, I do think that I do think there's definitely goals uh, available for Wolves tomorrow.
1: Like, that is going to be um, an interesting uh, wing on that pitch tomorrow. I really, really like um, Gustavo Hamer. You signed from Coventry. Reminds yeah. me a bit of myself. Small, diminutive, very quick. Can, can find a pass. And he's got a decent eye like, for a goal. Um, for a, I don't think he was overly expensive, was he?
2: No, I think just over, like, £10 million, um, which was uh, probably one of our biggest signings of the season. But, yeah, it, it was a good buy, to be fair, because I think we sold Sander Berg for around £18 million. And to be fair, the even though again we've not been getting the results, you know he, he has been one of our positive positives of the season. He's a very good signing, um, so yeah, he's scored a couple of long range goals as well. So he is a player like Mcatee where he can create, uh, you know, something out of nothing. So um, I've been really impressed with Hamer.
1: Yeah, that that front three for you, it it has got potential to cause a... Troubles, um, tomorrow obviously we'll be playing a back five, we suspect Nelson Samad al and Dawson Totti and Ryan Ait, Nori. Um One player that does concern me is uh, Cameron Archer Lively, i for goal and obviously he's got that Villa connection so what do you think yeah. to, uh, to Cameron Archer, Jordan?
2: Yeah, again, he's dangerous um, and I know it sounds uh, stupid to say but the, the, there's some players where no matter if they're in the game or not, when they get on the ball they just look dangerous and, and I think that's the same with Cameron Archer. Like, Because don't get me wrong, we get we don't have much possession of the ball in games. So when we do have it, we need players that look dangerous or, or worry defenders. And and I, to be fair, I think those three players, they do worry defenders. They might not get the ball much, but when they do get it, um, they look to make something happen. And, uh, and I think, don't get me wrong, Wolves will have more chances, they'll have more possession, and they'll have more touches in our final third. But we, we need these three players tomorrow from the likes of Cameron Archer to... Just, just to be dangerous when they get the ball, um, and try and make something happen when we do have
1: it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that um that front three comes up against the likes of sort of Craig Dawson, Cameron Archer, Reaper.
3: Obviously, used to play for Villa, really lively striker. He's going to be a threat tomorrow. Yeah, I think he will be. To be fair, like like um Jordan said, he's one of those players. Even if he's not in the game, like he can get the ball and do a bit of damage. But I think we can shut that down. I think there's a bit of cohesion now at the back with Wolves. Um, obviously we've got our set. Line up, which is something we've struggled against, struggled to do in the past few seasons. But I think like we've got the chemistry at the back now. Um, we've got like, like I said, good cohesion, so that can easily be organised and shut out. You know what I'm saying? But you don't want to write off Sheffield, and you don't want to write off someone that's hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't kick a dog when he's down. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can, but the, the dog could still bite. You know what I'm saying? So we've got to be careful, like you said, with Archer and stuff like that. But yeah, man, I think we've got, I think we've got the ability and confidence there in that back three to shut it down, man.
1: Yeah there is a that old classic thing of uh, wolves um being historically um giving to teams who are a bit lacking in form. Peter Yam54, as commented, saying times over the years, being up against sides like have been on a poor foot and we and we slip up like a banana skin. So there is a possibility. Thanks to Geordie uh, who joined us last week for the Wolves-Newcastle preview. He's back again saying, are the lads! saying, come on, lads, you will win this with big margin and go above small clubs like Chelsea and Man United. Um, we, we easily beat Sheffield United by eight goals. I'll take a 1-0 <laughs> all day. It could be a flipping Jack Robinson on guy. If we win tomorrow, I'll take it no, no matter which way it ends up. And Sean Crow has commented, if we scored eight, I'd happily do some unspeakable things. Well said, Sean. <laughs> um, Reaper, what's your score prediction for tomorrow's game
3: between Sheffield United and Wolves? Um, I'm going to be confident. i say 3-0. I think we should go out there. Um, I think we should go out there and just, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, use this as an opportunity to sort of Flex our muscles a bit, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I don't want to write Sheffield off, so I'm not going to go for an 8 nil or nothing like that. But I do think Wolves have got the ability to go out there and do some damage and install some confidence in the team. I know Neto's not available, but um, there's no reason why with the current squad we've got, with the current chemistry we've got, the confidence is there. And obviously, like, we've had some bad decisions against us, so we need to prove the world wrong and just say, you know what? We're here to stay. Um, we had a bad season last season, but, you know what I'm saying? We're making moves now. So, yeah, man, I think th- I'm going to go for a 3-0. Why not? Yeah, that would hopefully take Wolves into the top half this weekend. Jordan, would you take
1: a draw tomorrow? Is it all about just building blocks this season now, or is it literally a win? How much sort of time? I mean, let's let's put a married at first sight so spin on it. You mm. always hear the experts say you got to trust the process and whatnot. How much sort of trust has Paul Bottom still got? How much more games has he still got in the general scheme? Because I know you said you backed him earlier, but yeah, there's yeah. only so many games you can go about picking up points before you have to try something new.
2: Yeah, well, so what's weird is that they gave Paul Heckingbottom a seven-year contract like two seasons ago, and everyone was like, a seven-year contract. thats It was uh, pretty mad, but um, I think with the way, I think we've got to look at the games of against Luton, we've got to play Luton twice still, we've got to play Burnley twice still, we've got to play Bournemouth twice still, and then there's these games tomorrow where the likes of, I don't know, other than the top six, you've got to look at maybe taking a draw or a couple of draws and out of those games. I think, I don't know, I know this is going to sound stupid, but I just think with the way the club's being run at the moment, I don't even know if I would sack Heckenbottom, even if we get a ridiculous low uh, points, Sally, because I don't know who's going to come in and give the these group of players a way to play that is going to pick up enough points to stay up. And I think that, I just think that Heckenbottom knows how the club is being run and and it's, it's not very well, but at least he knows and I know it sounds stupid, but he knows the place. He knows how how it, how it is run. And I think that he's that manager that the players will still fight for. Whether they've got the quality to, to stay up, probably not at the moment, it looks like. But he is that kind of manager where the players won't give up. And I worry if someone else does come in, um, and I think we still would go down, I, I worry that they wouldn't be fighting for the manager the same way that these players, players will. Um, if I have to predict on tomorrow... If I'm predicting with my head, I'd probably say you'd look probably look at giving a, a Wolves win, maybe like a a two-one or a three-one. But I do I do think that we can pick a result tomorrow. We've been in a, a lot of games, and we've uh, even against Man City, we was beating the uh, sorry drawing against Man City up until the eighty seventh minute um, and lost two-one. But I'm gonna say tomorrow maybe a a one-one or a two-two
1: tomorrow. PTM54 has agreed to you and he's gone for a 1-1. He, he mm. mentioned that Wolves are likely to, you know, fall to the classic banana skin tomorrow. Um, I'm going to go with 2-1 Wolves uh, win tomorrow. I think I think Sheffield United, like I looked at that team, I looked at your injury list. I feel like if we can't get a win tomorrow, it's it's been through our own wrongdoing. I feel like we've got some quality players that should be putting uh, the blades to the sword tomorrow, if you will. Mm. Um, yeah, so... I'm going to say thank you, Jordan, and Reaper for coming on tonight. Reaper, tell a little pe- tell
3: the people about what's going on with you at the moment. Um, a lot coming up, to be fair. Musically, um, going to start releasing again in January. Um, December the 1st, we've got an event in Birmingham Prism. If you want to get down to there, Ashley Waters from Top Boy. Yeah, um, let, me show, let me show the
1: viewers <laughs> a little bit about that, Reaper.
3: Ride the diamond, I ride to the death. Yeah, man. So that's me outside Dixies. I'm enjoying some chicken wings, man. You know what I'm saying? Good old Dixies. Um, Can't go wrong, man, except for the day after. But nah, um, December the 1st, prison Birmingham. We've got Ashley Walters coming down, um, part of the Top Boy cast. On top of that, we've got um, Romeo from Soul Solid um, and a lot more um, of the Soul Solid crew and Heartless crew coming down. So it's going to be a good garage night, to be fair. So if you're into your old school garage, grime and stuff like that, or you're into Top Boy, get down, you can have a meet and greet with Ashley Walters. Some of you might know him as Deshane, um Asher D from back in the day um, from Soul Solid crew. But yeah, man, it's going to be a good night, to be fair, and performing there. And then apart from that, tonight, just after this podcast, I'm going to go live with Ring Reaper. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to post the phone number and just give me a call. You can talk whatever you want to talk. The number's going to go live on my social media at seven o'clock. And just give me a ring. Give me a ring. Um, I'll answer the phone and we can have a good chat. And that's all it's about, really. You know what I'm saying? Being there, being available for anybody to just have a call. We can talk music, we can talk boxing, we can talk football, family, health, fitness, you know what I'm saying? Anything you're into, man. So it's just a little thing where... Being able to connect with the guys who listen to me or guys who don't listen to me, someone who needs a chat, just give me a ring, man. I'll post a number live at seven. Look for it on my social media at R3EPA, and give me a call, Ring Reaper. Simple as that. Follow my man Reaper. I was just
1: still enjoying the music. Obviously, that prism. Uh... Little set with uh, Ashley Walls. He probably won't want to be called a national treasure, but you look at his sort of catalogue of work that like he's done—music and and acting—he's—he's he's, he's up there with some of the greats. Uh, Jordan, where can the uh, the people who aren't aware of Married at First Sight uh, find you on maybe Instagram or on telly
2: Yeah, like if you search uh, Jordan Gale, you'll find me on Instagram or TikTok uh, or Jordan RM Gale and uh, you'll see at the moment there's a lot of back and forth between me and uh, Luke, another contestant on there who is a West Ham fan uh, obviously we had a, a fight on the show um, and he keeps talking about doing this uh, this boxing match if he's brave enough, so um, it will reignite the uh, Sheffield United-West Ham rivalry from all those years ago when uh, they cheated us and got us relegated with Carlos Tevez um, so yeah, like there's a lot of back and forth between me and him and uh, is the last few episodes coming out soon uh on e4 at nine o'clock uh two more weeks left of filming um i find myself in a lot of uh trouble sometimes and uh luke's releasing a lot of like fake ar- articles about me and stuff so unfortunately all over the press at the moment for the wrong reasons um but yeah uh it's it's getting a bit vicious uh, on social media at the moment with me and him because he's uh releasing articles that are completely fake. So uh, no one really likes West Ham fans and uh, he's definitely no, uh, no exception.
1: How have you found the, um, obviously the coverage that comes with being on a sort of a mainstream show like Married and the sort of the, the social media uh, love and hate that you receive on the daily? Oh,
2: it's crazy. Um, it's so frustrating because at the moment I can't talk about the full experience because when you marry someone uh, on the show, you've got to deal with your emotions, but also the the hate they get. And that's the really difficult part, because uh, it's so edited, the show, but people don't see that, uh, or they don't realise that. And uh, people are basing such strong opinions of you based on this edited version of you, and it's not necessarily the case. So we're like the villains of the series, but that's the way the show wanted to edit it. Uh, and to hear people with opinions that they think, they think are facts, but... They have no idea what's going on. It is tough because it affects people around you and that's what's the toughest part for me. I can take all the heat and the, I don't care. I actually quite like being hated. Like, You know, like, a, and I always get called Jack look like, but Jack Grealish would go to most grounds in in England and he'd be booed and hated for, for no reason. I kind of like that. I kind of like that, um, you know, the, the I don't really care what people think. But when you see it hurting and uh, affecting the people that you do care about, your loved ones and stuff, that's where it gets um it gets hard to be fair
1: that's it you got you gotta thrive on it but not not push it to the to the point where it it becomes the uh, a shadow of your real self so yeah. all I'm, all i'm gonna say is i hope the the rest of the the filming goes well and whatever your situation is with Eric ends up a, a happy one for the both of you because you might be the villains of the, the series but as long as you're a hero in your heart, own art no one else can say anything about that can
3: the Reaper. Yes, man. Um, big up man, keep doing what you're doing, like I say, you hate is gonna hate. And you're right in terms of obviously like all the press and stuff like that. I think it's um forty eight laws of power, rule number six, court attention at all costs and even like the bad attention, like the bad press and stuff like that. Look at Kanye West, one of the most powerful and most influential artists in the world and I did ask about to call him back because they're losing sales without him, and he's public enemy number one. You know what I'm saying? So,
1: yeah.
3: being in the media limelight, like, you're gonna get that. bought again, all it, it sounds it's, it's, it sounds very vain to say, but all attention's good attention when you're in sort of the when you're in when you when you're in the what's the what's the word when you when you when you're in Hollywood. Let's call it when you're in Hollywood. All attention's good attention. You know what I'm saying? You use it to advantage. Said you got a B for the beef for the bit um, of B for the boy on there you know what I'm saying that's that's misfits at the end of this show you know what I'm saying get yourself on misfits you know, you know what I'm saying Like well, you, make, what... you 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 make it what you want you're in control yeah. you know what I'm saying like use this show to propel yourself so you've got a bit of beef on there on the phone to misfits straight after you've got a boxing match you know what I'm saying and some one mm-hmm. guy why not well that's what's happening
2: that's what's happening and there's plenty of uh, he's going to a real nasty place like he wants to bring my missus into it and, and yeah. accuse me of like of, like wrote, like falsely accusing me of cheating and stuff and like he, you know what I mean Like he's, he's crossed the line so like like you said, I'm, you know, it's gonna happen, and I'm gonna make him pay for it because th- there's lines to it, and y- he's bringing, f- you know, fam- family and the misses into it, so he's gonna pay for it, um, and I- I'll get paid for it as well. So it'll be good.
1: This is why the Wolves Fancast is the longest running, award winning Wolves-, Wolves channel out there on on podcasts and social media. We bring you everything: football, boxing, reality <laughs> TV. That's keep it. following us at Wolves Fancast a part of the Audi Podcast Network with our main sponsors the Boston Coffee uh, vending company we'll be back on Sunday hopefully with a good result talking about Wolves' hopeful win over Sheffield United thanks to Jordan thanks to Reaper have a good weekend we'll catch you soon